like a real cohesive like structure to this, but just wanted to kind of bring together discussion here. Um, kind of just give everybody opportunity to, uh, to kind of chime in and, and discuss the topic of moral purity. Um, so I'm going to ask Jim to start us off the, the prayer here. Uh-huh. Uh, pray for our time. And, uh, yeah. Father, thank you for this weekend. Uh, but thank you specifically for this uh, workshop. Uh, I have a feeling that uh, guys are here for a purpose. And whatever level of moral purity or impurity that exists in their life, I just ask that you would convict and that you would guide, uh, that the conversation would be open and honest, and that Chris would have your wisdom to share with us. Uh, we need you. Yes, this is just you. Yeah. All right. So I guess the first thing, uh, you know, kind of as we talked about just in general with uh, coming out to the ranch, right? Like, it's no accident. So, just to say, if you guys had other places you could be in this time, right? So, I'm kind of interested, uh, you know, why why did you choose this this workshop, and um, or why are you why are you here right now? And actually, it's all I'll go first. Um, you know, it's, well, Matt asked me, so that's I guess kind of why. But the only thing I think why he asked me is. Um, you know, the, the intent is to kind of just bring authenticity to this time. And this, this topic isn't something that people generally want to just be like, hey, like, it's a battle of mine, right? Um, and so I think, you know, why I guess I'm tasked with maybe facilitating this a little bit is um, I, had a, I had a battle with pornography for a lot of years. Um, and I think been able to achieve some victory there uh, for several years now. Um, and so, I guess just in that spirit of authenticity and like going first and kind of breaking the ice. And I think a lot of times you're in a circle of guys like this and asking what's going on in, in people's lives, and uh, guys are like, "Hey, things are good, things are great, right?" And then you, know, you get around maybe end of the group or something, and some guys like, "Well, actually, uh, that's great for you guys, but like I need help, you know." And um, and then. You know, maybe another guy that already wins. Like, well, actually, now I got to go again because that guy <laughs> made me look bad by sharing first. So uh, that's been part of my story, and I think that's why I'm in this room right now. So, anybody else want to share why they chose this and maybe not leading their wife or uh, or? I mean, obviously, you know, I got future aspirations. As you're not married, right? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I can go first. Start um, getting second. <laughs> first one after the leader. Uh, you guys, uh, you heard my testimony, and uh, for me, moral purity is a daily challenge. Uh, every day, I have to ask myself: at the end of the day, did I act with integrity or did I not? And that's it. What I've learned in my life is I want to be a good man, but a good man can be bad, a bad man can be good based on your decisions. That's how I feel. So whenever I come to this weekend, that's what I'm trying to do is get closer with Christ. I'm trying to become the man that he wants me to be, but that's not going to happen by accident. I have to be intentional about it. And so coming up here and seeing a workshop that says moral purity is just something that I always want to work on because without it, the rest just doesn't matter. Um, So, yeah, I'm here to kind of share my story, my struggles, and hopefully hear from others, so maybe I can hear things from them that I can take away from this weekend. 
uh, to help me have that daily integrity. That's it. Yes, I'll go next. Um, I chose moral purity because I just want to correct mistakes before they're made. And yeah, that's about it. Is that a way in your life? So I'm like, do more purity. So. This is going a circle. Um, first off, I've been told to record this, so if we get too deep, too, they said we don't have to keep it. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Um, but then also, yeah, I chose moral purity. Um, I think it's just definitely a big thing in our culture. I know that I've struggled with keeping the right track um, in my life. Definitely, it's, it's been a struggle for sure. So, yeah, I kind of like what you said. Hearing other people's stories, hopefully I can take some stuff away. Um, I, I selected this workshop because in the past, you've never been able to talk about this in a Christian uh atmosphere and the taboo behind it it's refreshing to see that taboo is going away just by your story yesterday and um, I mean I struggle with with more than one thing I mean the first the first thing that I struggle with um, are my eyes the eyes the eyes are just a gateway um, to more of a struggle. And I don't know if this helps anybody else, but recently, over the last six months, I've, uh, I've, I've been in video in the past, and I try to think of my eyes and what I see as like a viewfinder that Jesus is looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps. But there's still struggle. So, Yeah. I'm here because this is my area of weakness, and and uh, I I think what hit home was uh, today we talked about acceptance, and so what I hope to gain is a way to say to balance that, accepting myself and forgiving myself for the failure, but equipping myself knowing that it's my battle that I need to engage in and not be tripped up by future triggers. Um, I chose this because just kind of just every day how I live, you know, just a lot of times I could be caught up in just life in the world and necessarily wouldn't be pure. Um, and it tends to be happening more often than not lately. And so it's been kind of a struggle lately to kind of like say like, you know, no, that's not good. That's not right. And so that's why I'm here. Just hopefully maybe some ideas or some things maybe can help me kind of help with that. Yeah, likewise. Uh, I don't think it's something you ever got to I also am suspicious of any man that says he doesn't struggle with his moral purity. So... Um, Billy Graham even said when he was 82, that his thought life was as good as struggle. So, um, yeah, I'm going to hear what you guys do and see if I can get some takeaways and maybe use them. Well, I'm here because, uh, I mean, I didn't have this in the morning with me when I went down there. So I went back over there, and Chris and I, we are friends, so Chris put it in my head down there, yeah, you need to go 
to living your life, you know? <laughs> and I didn't know Chris was leading the session here, okay? So, so we went up to the cabin, I went to grab this, and then I'm like, oh, what is this? Moral purity, right? So, and I don't know, in my heart, I felt like I should be going here because it's, I decided, you know, everyone struggles with it, even I struggled, even today, I struggled with, you know, pornography and stuff like that. So, it just, uh, I, I don't know, I, I just felt like I should go for that, and it looks like, you know, uh, it should be right on top because once we have this figured out, then I'll be able to lead my wife, spend time with God, study the Bible, disciple other men. So, so I don't struggle with this at all. He's <laughs> 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 um, here to help. Yeah, yeah that's suspicious. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know he's I like it. Okay, so, um, one, Chris is my boy, and I wanted to come to his workshop, whatever it was. Um, but two, I said that, obviously, you know, tongue-in-cheek, but this hasn't been my biggest issue. Um, I am in a, a marriage where my wife is super sick, and it would be very easy for me to make excuses. Because I, like, that part of my life is just non-existent. So I've worked really hard to have like boundaries and barriers, and like this is a huge priority for me. Um, but I have to constantly go to myself, like, and I same thing as everyone else is saying. Like, we want to like learn what's working for people, and like. As I talk about this stuff, dude, I'm going to be more, more and more prone. I'm going to be attacked. I'm going to be tempted. And so, like, I want to keep this in front of me because it's, like, clearly the place that I could go down there. So, and I shouldn't have said go down there. So, not me. Yeah, I'm totally a lustful creature myself. And, uh, that's why I'm here. To try to, um, I don't think I'd ever be able to defeat lust, but at least I can say no to it and learn how to say no to it um, and kind of uh, say yes more to Jesus and, and no more to I spend a lot of time with the enemy, um, and I'm, I'm a new believer, so uh, lust has always been uh, something that's always separated me from God more so than anything else, I guess, and so... Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I'd say I'm here for the discernment. Discernment. So, thank you. Well, I was put in here because my dad put me in here. And then I guess he just left. So, yeah. But I mean, it's just kind of like him, you know, just like, you know, want to learn, you know, church and be able to stay away from it and just be able to, you know, be close to God. Like, that way, when the temptations do come, I'm going to stay away. I've always like ran from it, and I've like, it never usually works. And so when I heard his testimony, I knew that there was hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, yeah, thanks, thanks for sharing, guys. Um, so I think right off, I think that it's important to to recognize that that our battle isn't on an individual basis, and it's not just you know something that's just in the flesh, right? It's a spiritual battle that we're a part of here. Um, so I just want to highlight that in Scripture here. 
If you want to open to Ephesians 6.12. Would anybody like to read that? I can also read. What was it, Ephesians? Ephesians 6.12. I got it. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Yeah, so it's, you know, I think in our minds it's just a, it's it's in isolation and it's just like kind of in the here and now, but, you know, that would suggest that it's far more than than just our battle and it's not... um, it's not just here now. There's a lot more going on in, in at stake. Um, and in, in that spirit, I kind of wanted to, uh, I guess, just kind of think about the, the tactics that uh, Satan uses to, to tempt us, um, to kind of hold us in isolation. Um, I don't know, just kind of the, the lies and the, the strategies that are out there. Because um, I feel like you know, some of those thoughts are what keep us in isolation. And that kind of keeps us in you know, that, that daily struggle, I guess, rather than um, you know, kind of getting some victory in it. And maybe I'm not articulating that real well that, like, it's, I mean, it, regardless of where you're at, it's, it is a daily struggle. It, it, there is the battle taking place. But um, I guess in terms of, like, uh, getting beyond some of those thoughts that hold you um, kind of on the side of defeat rather than victory. Um, so I guess just as it related to, to my addiction, I assume that people can relate as well, um, you know, whether it's, it's lust or um, you know, alcoholism or any other vice, um, something that's repeatedly being practiced. Um, so one I think of, uh, you know, you put it in your mind like, oh, like one more time and then that's it. Like this is the last one. It's like a last hurrah, right? Um, Tell yourself that, and you're like, okay, then I'm gonna, then I'm gonna be good after that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that was one thing that you know, my battle was, was a significant issue. Um, also, uh, just the idea of no one else is going through the same thing that I am, and they're not gonna understand. I can't share this with somebody else. So just continuing to keep it kind of in the, the darkness. Um, it's not hurting anybody else. That's common as well. Like, what what is the harm? Um, it's not anybody else's business, as well as kind of that same that same token. Um, I think. And I guess, um, just kind of putting out there, what other what other lies I guess are you telling yourself? It's your uh, I guess in your battle. Else. Yeah, I'll say something there. Uh, I think that I was always uh, taught, like, learned behaviors on how to lie. Uh, I don't think I was ever really told the truth until um, I joined this with Jesus. And so the truth is hard for me to decipher because um, I, fe- I feel like a lot of stuff that I grew up in was all just lies. And most of it was all like seeking pleasure. Yeah. You know. 
Well, and then those habits are really tough to break as well. So you create a habit when you don't think there's anything wrong with it, and then you get down a path, and then you discover that it is wrong, and then it's a challenge to break free from you know, the, the habit and repetition that you've created. Yeah, I guess where I grew up, you know, the, the children weren't safe, you know, and, 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 and the men were, were really bad. Uh, and they didn't treat the women right. Women weren't safe, and so it was. Uh, it was for me. It was like, how am I supposed to treat my kids right or treat my woman right when what I had seen had been so, you know, distorted. You know, like they said, like your perception becomes your reality or whatever. And, and so, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's that's really kind of where I'm at. I think lust is, for me, more so the most fight against the enemy for me in my spiritual warfare because of how I was brought up and, and things like that. So, yeah. I think uh, for single guys, um, there's kind of two dynamics. There's the, like, God gave me this desire and I've got no way to... Satisfy that. So, um, the other thing is like the lesser of two evils. Um, you know, when it comes to pornography, it's like, okay, well, I'm not hooking up with other chicks. Like, this is clearly better, right? Um, so, the comparison to is dangerous. And I agree, I think that was something that was pretty significant for me because, you know, growing up, I was like, oh, I want to be good, I want to, you know, treat ladies appropriately. Um, you, know, you hear about all the horrible things that, that can happen with premarital sex and, and that sort of thing. And so you're like, okay, well, like I'm satisfying that desire and, you know, not potentially destroying the future or that sort of thing. I kind of like how you said it's not hurting anybody else. Um, until it is. And you don't really learn that until it is hurting somebody else. And even as a younger guy, I might not have realized it, but it was hurting me with my... um, with the attention not being able to walk with Christ, to, to say, yes, I'm a Christian. Um but not being able to see the fruit because you, you've got that barrier that's keeping you from, I like how he said it earlier, listening to, listening to God. So it is hurting you. Yeah, no, that's absolutely a lie that's being told yeah. you know, uh, by the enemy, right? That, that you're not hurting anybody because you're, you're hurting a lot of people in the process. But one, the fact that there's an industry... Uh, around that there's all sorts of people being hurt but yourself directly by missing out on uh, proximity with God right um, you know that that relationship isn't flourishing um, you know if you are single uh, you know just the the attention that's taking away from your preparation for a future mate right if you're spending a lot of time doing things that you shouldn't uh, instead of preparing for that relationship or just skewed views of women, skewed views of, of relationships and marriage and how that all should be, like, 
there's all sorts of things that you're destroying in the process. Mm-hmm. Even your acceptance of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you tend to feel guilty and you condemn yourself. And so, mm-hmm. like we talked about this morning, self-acceptance is very important. And so if you hate yourself, mm-hmm. then how can you love anybody else in a genuine way? Yeah, absolutely. Scott's talk this morning was very timely, and yeah. especially as it relates to this, because a lot of times when you're you know, having challenges with moral purity, um, there's a ton of shame that comes along with it, and that's definitely a tool of Satan that inhibits your relationship. You know, you're, you, you're, you don't have the love for yourself. Uh, you assume that God couldn't love you knowing uh, what you do or, or what you've done. Um, and I feel like it's really tough to get beyond that shame that goes along with it. So, just the self-acceptance talk this morning is timely. I think taking pleasures in the world instead of the pleasures that the Lord offers and things in heaven and treasures that we're building up is a lie that I think the world tells you that you need to do with divine conduct. Because... I mean, if you start taking pleasure, like, personally, for me, that's what I struggle with, is I love to take pleasure in the things in life. I mean, that can be, you know, going and doing something, you know, that the world will love to take pleasure in, right? And because I find it easy, it's, you know, it's, I can go do that, you know, um, go have a drink with my coworkers or something like that afterwards and take pleasure in that worldly thing rather than going to this study or something that could, you know, bring me much more benefit on an internal level. And so that really messes with you because when you start doing that more frequently, it starts to open up ways that you can attack you. And that's what I find that I struggle with is that it, it's opening up areas where the enemy is trying to chip away at me and attacking me and, and just uh, kind of plays into my marriage and, you know, and all these different things and how I act. And it's hard. You know, it's, you know I'm just struggling with that. Yeah, I know, I think you kind of touched on, you know, like, where do you go from there, right? And it seemed like you're talking about kind of creating the environment, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, avoiding the situations that are that are tempting. And, yeah, and just running away from things that can be tough or difficult, and so it's easier just to go back to that and take pleasures in that instead of running through God's Word and, you know, and just renewing my mind in that, and, you know, that's just, just, just a struggle, and it's just hard. And so it just, it, it takes away from... Hey, I have a beautiful life here that I should rejoice in that God has given me. I should rejoice in the things He has given me. And instead, I'm using, you know, I'm, I'm taking pleasure in all these different things that the enemy wants me to do because he wants me to take me away from him. And it's really messing with um, speech, actions, everything. It's, it really hurts my relationship with God. Yeah, I think I've done that too. It's, it's where, well, I'm not doing lustful things, but I've diverted over here. I'm not going up. You know, I'm not building a relationship with Christ. I'm just avoiding. <coughs> yeah, um, you feel like with any of our. You know, any of the battles, whether it be lust or, or any other struggle as it relates to moral purity, um, 
I think one of the things that, that I get convicted on is, like, it's just an <clears throat> exhibition that I don't trust that God's way is best for me. And yeah. The Bible's full of, of guidance, um, commands, both positive and negative, right? And, you know, when you're um, routinely breaking commands, um, like you're just saying, well, hey, God, I'm not sure that, that uh, you know what you're talking about here. I'm not quite sure that... Uh, your way is best for me. I can't trust you. So you're saying it's a faith issue. Absolutely. He says he's going to take care of our needs. That's, yeah. that's what it is for me. Is it upsets me that I say, okay, I'm going to take care of this myself and not trust that God can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. If God's uh, word's true and he's got your best interest at heart and he's laying out like, hey, here's here's how you're going to have a successful life. Here's how to do relationships, how to do life. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ooh, well, I don't know about this. I'm going to do it my way. Um, you know, saying, yeah, you can't trust that God knows what he's talking about. And then, you know, when your life is imploding, um, you know, then there's like the conviction that follows like, oh, maybe, maybe God knows a thing or two about this. Mm-hmm. seen a thing or two. I think the culture also insinuates to people that they can't, that they're an addict, and that they basically are, that's who they are. Their identity is in the addict. I was meeting with a guy years ago, his wife, four kids, divorcing him, and we sat down, and he basically told me that, yeah, I'm an addict on porn, and I don't have, that's just who I am, and so that's just Mm. the way it is. Mm. And I'm going... And he's a, he says he's a believer. And I'm going, well, you know you don't have to be that. You know, you don't have to be that. But he, he had been convinced, I think, by therapists and other people to say that you, this, is, this is just who you are. You just need to own it. But he wasn't getting delivered from it. So, so I think that's, that's the false narrative out there right now, that, that somehow we can't be delivered from it. And having personally been delivered from it, it's, it's an amazing thing. But then it's like the, the culture tries to lie to you and say, no, that just can't happen. You know, you just, you know, you just... Just accept who you are. Yeah, yeah. You, you just have to accept it because, not to say I don't struggle, I mean, you still always struggle. I mean, you're, you're a guy, you're going to struggle. But the reality is you can be delivered. You don't have to go there. You don't have to be underneath that identity anymore. And and then God's reward is, is amazing from it. Uh, uh, it just It's just so much better than what it, what it was. But you don't know how good it is until, until you walk in obedience and, and God reveals that to you. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. And he's not going to show that to you until you do. Yeah. Well, talking <clears throat> kind of about the, the first thing, the lies, I think the, one of the biggest lies for me um, that I accepted is that I wasn't breaking the commandments. It says, thou shalt not commit adultery. I'm not committing adultery, right? This isn't a real woman, right? But let's look at it. Like, whether she's on the screen or real, I'm allowing another woman outside my marriage to satisfy my sexual needs. And I accepted the lie that that wouldn't send me to hell. And that's a lie. Look at Matthew, I think, 6 or 8. They say, talking about, you know, your right eye, if it causes you to sin, it's better to gouge it out than for you to be sent to hell. And if, uh, you know, your right hand causes you to sin, same thing, better to cut it off than be sent to hell. I didn't believe that lie. I was like, this isn't that bad. God loves me. He's full of grace. He'll forgive me for this. That's a lie. I was sinning willfully. But he still forgives you, right? 
He does, yeah. right? But it's all about that repentance. Yeah. Right? So the consequences are still there. Right, right. The yeah. consequences are still there. But the, what I was buying into is, you know, this isn't that bad. And even if I do it again, he'll forgive my future sins. Right? And that was stopping me from being repentant. Mm-hmm. Because God's full love and grace is going to forgive the future sins that I do. So why even stop? I feel like there's a lot of cultural headwinds, not just, you know, with them saying, well, that's who you are, like, just accept it and roll with it. But, um, you know, we live in a culture that encourages a lot of really bad behavior, biblically, um, you know, and celebrates people that are participating in those activities, you know, guys that are sexually promiscuous and, um, uh, yeah, I see just see those guys being promoted and celebrating like that guy's worth emulating. And, um, you know, biblically, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, so what other, like, what strategies, safeguards, what, what do you guys, what do you guys uh, put in place just to, you know, try to prevent that, you know, creating an environment that... <coughs> You know, doesn't point you towards uh, immoral activities or um, what do you guys do? Um, uh, I'll go. So, I mean, I struggled with lust before I got married, like years ago, and you know, I think every man struggles with that. And it's always a struggle. I mean, it's always going to be there. But just kind of touching on that, I think what I did um, put safeguards for that particular thing, even you know. When I got married was um, to when that temptation would come, I would always, you know, go somewhere and pray, um, ask the Lord for strength because I couldn't do it on my own. So I always tried, and then um, pick my phone, read scripture, do something to fill my mind with something else because the temptation is so strong and I can't do it that way. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that I did um, and still do. Um, I guess as far as the pleasure thing that I mentioned that I struggle with um, I've been trying lately to do more things with my wife in the sense of more uh, scriptural things praying with her Bible studies, those type of things so that way I'm you know, trying to take a moment to take pleasures in the thing that, that God has given me and surrounding myself with scripture more and more than just um, just at random times and um, trying to uh, do more things um, for the men uh, like this retreat um, and then also uh, doing other type of events that would be more based in Christ and, and surrounding myself and filling my thoughts with just Him and that's, that's what I've been trying to do lately and kind of help with the things that I've been struggling with Constantly renewing my mind and trying to fill it with not the junk in the world, but just more him. Uh, that makes sense. What about uh, accountability? Uh, I feel like the biggest thing with um, you know, a lot of like lust is an example. Um, it, it's easy to, to conceal, right? Yeah. The accessibility and stuff now, and um, the fact that you can present well, right? Like mm-hmm. you know. Family guy going to church, all of that, all of the above. You can 
you know, kind of kind of look the part, um, and you can hide things pretty well, like pretty easily, um, and and then it makes it tough to to share as well when you've built up this image. Um, but yeah, yes, for me a big thing was the accountability, um, kind of sharing sharing the first time um, with another guy and being asking to to be held accountable. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had I've had a couple conversations in the past, but even last night I discussed with you this morning. Um, it opened up a lot of conversation last night. Um, stuff that I haven't told people, um, <coughs> struggles that I'm having currently, um, and one thing that that kind of helps me is staying busy. Uh, with work, with the word, with just getting outside of the comfort zone that you were in to bring on those thoughts and and um, and I don't know if it's necessarily something we talked about, but sexual sin is not the only immoral thing out there. Sure. There's a lot more out there. Alcoholism, um, just not being truthful with people. So, lying, stealing, um, anger, exactly. So, um, that's kind of what I do is I try to stay busy. And when when I get a thought, I don't necessarily always grab for my Bible, but I definitely grab for, um, like I said earlier, when you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off and you you, you you use bad words expressing your displeasure and you get that instant like that correction and I utilize I, 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 I have faith in that correction it, points you, it does point you in the right direction I think for me uh, a big part is Whenever I am struggling, is bringing something to the light. Right? If I keep that inside, I keep wrestling with it, wrestling with it, wrestling with it. And if I keep doing that, I'm going to lose. I'm just not that. I'm just not that strong. Right? Um, so how do I do that? Is I bring it out in the light with other brothers or whatever. Like, hey, I'm struggling. I'm hurting. Help. Um, for me, that's been a huge piece. As soon as I do that, then that's uh, it's like I get over that pride piece of, oh, I can deal with this myself. I can handle it myself. But as soon as I learn how to surrender that to other God, guys, that helps me surrender it to God, and then it loses its power. Over it. Right? It's accountability, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I've got. But that's on you know me. Like I've got to bring that to God, bring that to other guys. Um, like you've heard about this morning, you know, do you have that group of guys? Uh, and for me, that's just a critical piece. Without the guys in my life, uh, good Christian men. That's another piece too. Uh, that are able to. What's the word? Speak truth to me from the Bible. I just uh, I want to be sober. I want to have any kind of victory. How long did that take you to get that those guys together and get to that point? Ooh, uh, that's a good question. Just because I I had many during my life, right? But I burned a lot of relationships, and it wasn't until I kind of accepted this, you know, as addiction, that then God brought these guys back into my life. Uh, so. I mean, honestly, it's probably been over the course of 
20, 30 years, you know, some of them. Some of them I've met in the last 10, like my Bible study uh, group, you know, met neighbors that became good friends. God just sprinkled them everywhere I was, and it wasn't until I realized that I absolutely needed them that then I really began, you know, to pour into them and, and you know, get rid of that pride piece. I'm like, yeah, I think I need some help. Um, yeah. So it doesn't happen overnight. No, no, no. You might be able to flip a switch, but yeah, just speaking to that a little bit, like, um, so there, were, there were two pretty significant events in my life, so uh, as it relates to, to that battle, um, <coughs> first time I came up here in 2010, I was, uh, it was three months prior to getting married, and I came up here and heard a bunch of things that I hadn't heard before, came back with a ton of conviction, and had to go tell my future bride, hey, like, this is what's been going on. Uh, this has been hidden from you for uh, the three years that I've known you at this point. Uh, and and that was pretty crushing to her. Um, you know, it was question as to whether the, the wedding was even on anymore at that point. Um, and so, you know, it was in pretty rough shape, but, like, at the same time, there was relief from just, like, getting it out there, right? And so, like, that's, a, that's one thing that's really tough kind of in this process if you're, you know, if you've got something you've got to share with somebody specifically in that situation. Um, it's a relief for you because you're like, okay, hey, I'm, this is shared, and now I can progress and, and um, you know, kind of get control of this. Um, and at the same time, it was absolutely devastating to her, like, crushing, so it's like... This is off my chest. I don't have to hide it. And then new to her, like, like who are you, right? Um, and so then I had some success for for several years, and um, and then you know, stuff kind of fell apart. And uh, when that happened, one it was like, uh, you know, when you um, I guess relapse, if you want to call it that, um, you don't immediately want to go tell somebody, like, hey, this is what happened, right? Um, so, you, like, when you've had some success, you know, you, you really don't know what to do when you fail. You're like, hey, like, I, I can't let anybody know that I relapsed. Like, that's not who I am. Um, and so then there was another, <clears throat> another time that it came up and had to once again, you know, tell my wife and kind of crushed her once again. Like, hey, I thought you thought you'd had some victory here. But I, I guess kind of share that because I think where I um, you know, had the most success was having some accountability. Um, actually, like my story intersected with Nate's at the same time. Like we were, uh, you know, friends at that point prior to, and um, stuff was kind of hitting the fan at the same time. And um, you know, I like to be able to say, hey, I went to Nate and was like, hey, you know, here's here's what was going on or whatever. But it's like still not wanting to share somebody. So, you know, what ended up happening is our, our wives are out on a run together, like, just feeling terrible at the same time, basically, you know, because they're in the same circumstance, and they came home, and it, like, softened the blow, right? Like, I didn't have to go and tell Nate, like, hey, this is what's up, without knowing that was his situation, right? Because I think that so often, you know, you're assuming that nobody else has that, that problem, right? Um, you, know, you show up to a church and you think that everybody's got it together and you couldn't share that with somebody. So just the same, you know, I didn't have the guts to 
be the one to, to jump out first and be like, hey, here's what's going on, right? Um, so I you know, had the benefit of like, saying, hey, like, you guys need to get together and talk. And even then I didn't go first. I specifically recall Nate being like, here's the deal. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I guess you know, I didn't have the courage to go first then. I think, you know, trying to be able to give that gift now, um, you know, uh, I guess sharing that, that with other people first. Um, but you guys, just as you were um, sharing some of your strategies and what what's worked for you, did bring up some scripture that I did want to just highlight in case people aren't familiar and get a note on that. Um, Nate, when you mentioned you know, shining a light, that brought up for me uh, Ephesians 5.11. So, if you want to go there, take a look real quick, I can read it as well. So, uh, just a, I mean, it's pretty much a paraphrase, but do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them, for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. So, uh, just kind of getting power over it, exposing it, you know, acknowledging when you've had a relapse and had defeat. Um, you know, that's really the only way that you're going to get victory is being able to put it in, in light and and address it. Well, I also I think that's one of the devil's best tools is that he likes to get you alone. And nothing's going to get you more alone quicker than shame. Yeah. Now you feel shame like what did I do? You, I mean, for me personally, I just feel myself literally shrinking and backing up, and that's when the devil's going to pounce. That's when he's going to start hitting you. You know. Hit after hit after hit, and that uh, it's the hardest thing to do to try and reach out, and it's the thing that you can do most, or you know, the best thing that you could do, but uh, one of the hardest. So I would assume you guys are accountability brothers. You know, um, so whenever you say that, so we're in the Tuesday, uh, we're in a Bible study together as well, um, and yeah, he is somebody that I would always call. You know, as far as like if I'm having an issue now. Um, and as far as accountability goes, I know me, uh, him, and Matt talked and actually have accountability software on all of my devices. Yeah. Um, I think that's, you're on that as well. I forgot who yeah. I've got. Yeah, I get the email every yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. So, Mike, so you watch cartoons. Is that? You watch a lot of cartoons. Trucking videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, he does watch trucking videos. My question is, what does it sound like when. What does it sound like on the other end? I mean, obviously there's, it's not disgust, but it's, um, is, it, is, it, is it pain for the other person? Like if somebody were to come to me, I wouldn't know how to um, Exactly. What does it sound like on the other side? It's a great question. I'm not sure I have like a, a great answer, but I think just, you know, it's mostly just listening, just letting yeah. them kind of get it off their chest and share. We haven't had that conversation a lot recently or anything, Yeah, I mean, it is a great question, right? And I think that's going to come down to you and whoever you feel comfortable with in the relationship that you yeah. establish. And when I say that, here's the tricky part, is that uh, it's hard to go to somebody when you fail. And then whenever you're feeling a lot of success, you don't feel the need to talk to them about it. 
right? So then what happens? Then all of a sudden you can start, kind of start getting distance, um, and it's real easy to let that go. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you kind of find yourself, you know, uh, by yourself again. Um, and I know for me, and everybody has to find, you know, what works for them, but I made mention to the program that I go to, and part of the reason that works for me is because when you show up, there's no mistake in what you're there for, right? It's amongst guys that you have a relationship with, but you're not there just to talk about sports and how things are going and the trouble. Like, as soon as you show up, you could say that, and then it's, and how are you doing with him? Yeah. You know you're going to get asked that question, you know what I mean? So, that's what I would say is as far as accountability, can you have too much? You know, can you, so where are the different avenues that you can find it? Um, and it's important to have biblical men around you, you know, in case you fall. Maybe these are the guys that pick you up when you do screw up. Um, and then maybe you have other relationships where that's kind of what, what the relationship is based on. Is you call each other every, I don't know, once a week. And you know that whenever you pick up that phone, that's a question that you're going to get asked. It's not about anything else. It's, how was this week? Yeah. Right? Um, and so it is about finding what works for you, but you got to take that step. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we, we had been consistent, like, quite a while ago, where it was weekly kind of check-ins after that discussion was kind of brought on by the wives. Um, and then I think that was right up until one of your deployments. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, we had been in, like, a good cadence and a good habit, right? And then he was... Uh, deployed for a while, and I continued to um, kind of have success. And I think when you're not in that habit of the, the continual cadence, like it almost becomes taboo again to ask, right? Yeah. Like you're you don't want to to bring it up or whatever at that point. Um, but I think that uh, you know I, I think it's really important to bring that up and you know not um, not be uncomfortable asking yeah. the question. You know, it's like you've been given permission to ask. And actually, you don't even need permission to ask, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, especially if it's you know, with another Christian brother. What does it um, What does it sound like when they come back and say, "Yeah, it's not a struggle; it's something that I actually partook in." Mm-hmm. What does that sound like? Like, I don't want to push something away, and I don't want to be pushed away. Like, if something happens and I partake, and I come to a brother in, in and tell him, hey, it's definitely a struggle, and I partook. What is that? I guess that's what I, I, I think. It's, I think it's leading with compassion, right? And you're yeah. you're listening. Like you you understand, and you know it, it shouldn't come as a shock, right? Yeah. You know, um, you don't want to be like, hey, that's that's so unexpected, that's awful, or whatever. But really, it's it's mostly right. just listening and giving them you know the chance to get it off their chest because. You know, they're, they're not coming to you because they're excited about right. it. It's not like um, they, they need to know exactly what to do now. Like, what do I do now is, is probably not what you're going to get. It's just like, hey, I'm coming to you because I know what to do now. It's sharing it. And so, you know, really just needing somebody to listen. And, um, you know, maybe if you're, if you guys, you know, worked out kind of strategies or whatever, like, oh, you know, like, let's maybe focus on this one or something, but yeah. Yeah. generally it's like, hey, these are the things that I'm going to do to rectify the situation. Okay. Yeah, I think that kind of encouragement is really important of like, okay, where was the loophole? Okay? Yeah. Like, there, there was a chink in your armor, what was that? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, oh, okay, like, could, could we commit to charging your phone in the living room so it's not mm-hmm. in your bedroom? Mm-hmm. 
Could we commit to not taking your phone to the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what changes can we make with the uh, accountability software? You know, because those things aren't foolproof. Right. Like there are loopholes. Um, you know, I, I think it's yeah, compassion is very important, but it's also like being real about it. Like this has to be practical. Yeah. You know. That's a good point. Ray, you said a verse, though. Yeah, Galatians 6 1, and that accountability is huge. I, I'm here to get some ideas from you men, too, because I I, um, I teach on this, and I really liked what you said about the movie. Because our eyes are just. And you guys remember what, what Winston said? We think in words and we remember in pictures. Um, one thing about. Um, Pornography and its devastating effect. Uh, it, 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 you know, you can scientifically understand that it makes these pathways. And as I keep studying Scripture, I find that the command is to flee immorality. And the more I see men try to fight it, they lose every time. I, and think about it, if the only man God called a man after his own heart made absolute shipwreck of his life. David, godly king, loved God's law. Failed miserably. What kind of worm do I have? What kind of worm that I am, chance do I have in this? And then, of course, we have another example, Joseph. Remember what happened to Joseph? Potter's Lie with, with me. And that guy bolted out of there so fast he left his coat. So I, I take these simple truths that are profound and, and I apply them and, and I... <clears throat> it's worked for me. It's absolutely worked. I flee it. We must flee it because you cannot fight what God's told you to flee. And, I, and an example I give men to that is if you have a problem looking at garbage on your phone or computers and you don't lock that all down and get it completely 100% out of your life, you're fighting it and you will lose that. Locking it down and shutting it all off is fleeing it. And and so, yeah, I I really... This is near and dear to me. Um, I, I had some good accountability brothers... I've been close with. Um, they've made shipwreck of their marriages and their children, and so. I think that is like, that's key with the accountability brother. Started to yeah, absolutely. Inflation six one falls right into that accountability. As someone said, what do you, what do you say? You know, serving one another and coming alongside one another. it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing because, you know, if a guy comes to you and he says, man, I screwed up, your your heart's breaking for him. Right? There's there's no judgment there. So that accountability piece is is key to this this walk. I think Galatians, I think it's 6, 
two or three, he says, bear each other's burdens. And that's... So fulfill the law of Christ. Fulfill the law. That's the burden, right? That's that's going back to... That's the idea is that we're called to share each other's burden. And when a guy comes and he's confessing his sin, it's really kind of taking that burden off because the enemy wants to keep it on and giving that to the guys. Um, and just saying, hey, I need to share this with you because I, I, I can't hold this on my own. And that's that's where the freedom comes. And, I, you know, tying that together of bearing each other's burdens, we think, okay, well, what does that look like? That has to do with going 6-1 says going to someone that is in a trespass and restoring such a one, least you not be tempted. Right? So so that that's the process that we have to follow as a body of, as a body of Christ. And if we don't, you know, we see it all the time. Guys get isolated and they just fall the wayside. And it's it's painful to watch too. And if you have a heart for them, you don't want to see a guy going to the wayside. I mean, it breaks your heart. I mean, you're on your knees crying out to God because you're seeing a guy walk away that you thought was walking with you. And now now he's not there anymore. And it's it's tough. That's a burden. But that's a burden we're supposed to bear. Uh, I like when Winston was talking about uh, how it helps the other person, or it helps him more than the other person, um, for that other person to be opening up to them. And uh, how selfish am I to not open up, and how I've done that over the years so many times, I've not opened up, and that other person was able to gain some kind of perspective off of me and to be able to get closer to God and Jesus and be able to share that amongst each other. And, uh, yeah, there's a million 12-step programs, too, guys. I mean, there's Celebrate Recovery. That's Christ-based. Um, you know, they they do things like that. Now there's a lot of people that um, say stuff about 12-step programs, but uh, that Christ is number one. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a program. That's that's the thing. It's, for me, it, it gets me closer every single time I put that pen to paper. It's getting me to put the pen to paper. That it's getting me to develop an understanding of, of Jesus and and where and, my, and that transmission of that signal, of the communication, and all that stuff. And yeah, I I will no longer for for hopefully like one day at a time. I will no longer you know not harbor these feelings inside of myself and not give them to somebody else because that that makes me selfish and and that's that's a com- that I'm compromising that other person from being able to grow and so yeah anyway, it's so I guess just something real real practical um, you know we talked about the accountability and I think especially for the the young guys who are here just because you know, they're wanting to get ahead of this to recognize what's coming and like, what already is there. Um, and just the idea of like having the guys, right? Having the relationships, you know, people that you can go to, um, you know, that you that you trust, and you know, you want to participate in life together with. That you're not going to withhold anything from. That you're going to let them ask any question they want and give them honest answers. I think another huge thing is just encouragement. Um, I know that one verse, Romans 12, uh, do not be conformed to the time of this world, but renew by the transferring uh, of your mind. Um, that verse changed my life because, um, like, really scientifically and chemically, our brains are really wired to remember the past. 
especially, you know, with love and everything like that. So, honestly, just asking God to renew my mind just changed my life. I've been doing that ever since. That's awesome. I don't want to hold anybody up from, from lunch, and I think it's getting to be about that time. So if there's nothing else, I, I kind of have, like, one super quick final thought, and then we can head over to dinner. So does anybody else have anything that wants to throw out there? Okay. So this is uh, incredibly simple but also profound, and I can't take credit for it being an original thought because I've yet to have an original thought still. Um, it's credited to, uh, to Gail Jackson. I think he passed within the last year, if I recall correctly, but came up here for a number of years and was, was giving a talk. Uh, and a talk on moral purity. Boil it down to uh, purity is always smart, and impurity is always stupid. If you, if you count the cost, like there, it never makes sense to participate in impure activities. That's my final thought. Well, good. Gail's final thought. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, would you mind closing us in prayer? Sure. Father God, we uh, we just thank you for this time, Lord. Thank you for these men. Thank you for this opportunity to come together and just be open and honest about where we're at, and our struggles and our flesh, and uh, especially when it comes to our thoughts and lust. And Father, uh, we know that um, this world is going in a direction that we cannot follow. And uh, Father, we we need you. Um, Bless these guys. Help us to continue to hold each other up, Lord, to encourage one another and to uh, come alongside and uh, just know that we're in the battle together and there's nothing new underneath the sun. And uh, thank you, Lord, for giving us the strength through your son, Jesus, to be able to overcome and to, to know that there is freedom in Christ. There is freedom in what you have provided, Lord. You have paid for it all so we can walk knowing that we have overcome death and sin. And uh, I'll say we love you in Jesus' name. Thank you.